weekly podcast of science and the city, the public gateway to the New York Academy of Sciences, online at scienceandthecity.org. Today is Friday, September 19th, 2008. I'm Elena Rankin. living in the digital age, we still use a surprising amount of paper. New York City is one of the biggest waste paper producers in America, and I wanted to know what happens after we put a newspaper in a blue box. Lucky for me, Staten Island's Pratt Industries Recycling Mill was able to show me just that, turning your old magazines into a new pizza box. This week, it's all about paper. Check out our multimedia slideshow of the Pratt plant while you're listening to see some of the supersized systems used in the process. But before we get to the program, it's that season again. That's right, the Science and the City events series season. If you love our podcast, you will love our live events even more. Top scientists from around the country coming to speak at the Academy and your chance to meet them and have a glass of wine afterwards at our receptions. Coming up on the 25th, renowned psychologist Paul Ekman talks about his conversation with the Dalai Lama. Get your tickets today online at scienceandthecity.org slash tickets. Hurry, they'll go fast. We are here at the Pratt Paper Industries Staten Island Recycling Facility, and um, I have been clad in some oversized black steel-toed boots, a bright yellow fluorescent vest, some very stylish safety goggles, and have been given a pair of earplugs because apparently what we are about to witness can be louder than 100 decibels. Today I am here with... Jay Hennessy. And Jay Hennessy, what is your job? The general manager of the paper mill. Basically, he's the head honcho. Today... I'm getting a tour of the paper recycling process, from your old mail and magazines to a brand new roll of paper. Before we head out of the office, Jay shows me the end product. Okay, so what we're going to do, we make paper. Raw paper comes off the streets of New York. Okay. Waste paper, recycled paper, what you put out on the curb and all your listeners. We pulp it, clean it, turn it back in the paper, and we sell a thousand tons a day. And we take a hundred tons of that paper, turn it back into corrugated boxes, which then are UPS boxes, FedEx boxes, could be pizza boxes, moving boxes, any kind of box. The consumers use it, put it back on the curb, comes back here, and we do it again. Wow. And so what we're looking at here is like a pretty thin sheet of cardboard. We call it paper. Paper. It's not cardboard until you turn it, it's not corrugated until you turn Mm -hmm. it into a box. The only difference between this and a piece of paper someone might recognize is that this isn't white. Correct. Brown. It's the color of Brown paper. Brown paper. Okay, cool. So... Where are we going to start? We're going to go out to the yard. All right. So, Jay leads the way outside to the paper yard. Wow, what are we looking at here? This is our storage yard. Uh, we keep about eight or 9,000 tons of paper on this pad. And it's a mixture of uh, called mixed paper or old OCC, old corrugated containers. So, this, so is a, this is a staging area to bring the paper up into the process in the mill. If you could describe to somebody who can't see what this yard looks like, how would you describe it? 200,000 square feet, so 400 feet by 450 feet, piles of paper and 2,000 ton stacks. It looked, they kind of look like bales of hay, except it's bales, bales of, paper. of paper. Bales of paper. 
How fast is the turnover in this yard? Uh, it's very quick. We'll receive about 500 tons a day of bale paper, and we get a 500 tons a day of loose paper from the Department of Sanitation. Wait, 500 tons? I think it might help if I put this into perspective, because Jay only talks in tons, thousands of tons. 500 tons is equal to about four full-size blue whales. The Staten Island plant handles more than 400,000 tons of waste paper a year. That's equivalent to the weight of around 1,714 Boeing 747 planes. There are three main steps to recycling waste paper. The first is actually getting the paper to recycle, and as I learned, your old paper is quite the hot commodity. The commercial waste is taken by the sanitation facility and bailed at a different place and then brought here? Uh, it, it'll be picked up by a waste management or a BFI or somebody else What's trucking. BFI? Browning Ferris Industries. I'll take it to their place, they'll sort it, they'll bail it, and we'll buy it from them. So you buy it from them? Now why aren't they just giving it to you? Because it's a commodity just like corn, wheat, gasoline, fuel oil. There's a market for this paper. How much does a bale of paper cost? Jay pays between $100 and $200 for a ton of old corrugated containers, and the market price of waste paper fluctuates about every two weeks. The Staten Island plant deals with two main different types of paper, and as Jay is quick to point out, things can get pretty interesting in the yard. Yeah, we get the old corrugated containers, and then we get mixed paper. And you can tell the season by what's in the mixed paper. We're looking at a pile of bales here and it looks like the school has cleaned out all their old textbooks from last year in preparation for the start of the school year. Halloween comes, Easter, Christmas, it's all, you get the wrapping paper into Christmas time and Halloween you get all the posters and all the other stuff from the supermarkets. Every day, 1,200 tons of waste paper will be turned into new recycled paper at the plant. So around 600 tons of the daily quota of waste paper arrives in paper bales and in trucks and the other 400 tons, well... So we are walking towards the water, which you wouldn't expect to have right next to here, a cruise ship passing by. What are we looking at? You're looking at our raw material or uh, recycled paper barge. Now, how big would you say this barge is? Uh, Dimensionally, it's probably 150 feet long and 75 feet wide. It'll hold about 350 to 400 tons of paper. The plant gets one barge filled with loose paper every day from just the borough of Manhattan. 400 tons of recyclable paper. But why use a barge to carry the paper to the plant instead of, say, a whole bunch of trucks? Well, for a couple different reasons. You know, 400 tons represents at least 75 to 100 Department of Sanitation trucks that would have to come over from Manhattan through Brooklyn over the Verrazano into Staten Island. That's going to be inefficient from a fuel standpoint and from a manpower standpoint. We own four barges, so we've got one in the slip being unloaded right now, and the one we're looking at is the, is the one we'll be pulled in this evening. So there's, I, I feel as though this is a bit of an illusion because it looks like it's kind of like a thin layer of paper just on the top, but it goes deep, right? It goes down the... about 20 feet. Perfect. The whole facility is so big, you lose perspective until you see somebody standing next to it, then you get the real feel for the size and what's going on. Uh, yeah. Talk about lose perspective. By this point, 400 tons seems like small change to me at the Pratt plant. Next, Jay takes me to the barge unloading dock, where a giant claw is scooping loose paper from the boat and dropping it into the pit. 
The pit is an enormous holding area for loose paper from both the paper bales that we saw in the yard and the barge. What we're looking at is does really look like a pit. It doesn't look like somewhere you'd want to be. It looks a little no. scary. No, 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 no. If you think of the Terminator and the claws and heavy equipment, you're getting an accurate picture. So you've got two giant, what to me they look like claws, like the game that you play at arcades where you, the claw or reaches down stops. and picks, yeah, or truck stops, and the hand reaches down and picks up the stuffed animal. Well, here, the rendition is a little different. We're picking up 15 tons of paper with a grab. And we're putting three grabs in the pulper where we add warm water, about 60,000 gallons of warm water, and you blend it up. You add paper to water, the paper's going to break down. So for those of you taking notes, two 15-ton clawfuls of mixed paper and one 15-ton clawful of old corrugated containers plus 60,000 gallons of recycled plant water equals one supersized recipe for paper pulp. Oh my gosh, the claw that we're looking at is about four times the size of my Manhattan apartment. <laughs> Maybe even more. I think probably more. We're at a operating level of the paper pit right now, and in front of us is our grapple claw, and that'll hold the 12 to 15 tons of paper. Right now, it's got a grab of old corrugated containers. So dimensionally, this grapple is about 12 to 15 feet tall. And when the claws are extended, it'll extend out in about 30, 35 feet. And it's got the capacity, obviously, to lift its own weight plus the 15 tons of paper. And when are you going to put this next grab in the pulper? Two minutes until the action takes place. So from here, they take gigantic handfuls of cardboard or paper. It's going to be, we blend the fiber. OCC is a longer fiber. It's a cleaner fiber. In order to make our, our paper the right strength or have the right physical properties, we, we pulp a blend. So usually it's 25% old corrugated, 75% the mixed paper. The mixed paper's got your newsprint, your cards, your Capri Sun boxes, your Cheerio box, all that shredded paper is in there. All right, so the giant claw is now moving into the pulper. Yep. And he's going to put, the first grab will be OCC, old corrugated containers, and he'll probably put two more grabs of mixed paper. All right, so can we go see the pulper in action? So now we're up a level closer to the pulper. How many gallons is the pulper? Is that how you... Uh, the, the pulper will hold 60,000 gallons. 50,000? 60,000 gallons of water. And you add to that the 40 tons of paper, and you get the right consistency. You want about 15 to 18% solids in there. You enough water to break the fiber down, and that it's a fluid. Like oatmeal. If you assume oatmeal probably about the same consistency. How long does it take to pulp a batch of paper? About 30 minutes. Oh, that's not long at all. Nope, nope, not at all. The oatmeal consistency just happens naturally, or is there any stirring that happens? Oh, yeah, there's a huge agitator in there. If you picture your little blender at the house or making your pina coladas or margaritas or whatever, you, whatever your drink of choice is, this one's going to be eight feet tall. It's going to have 4,000 horsepower attached to it to make it spin. Does it have blades, or is it kind of like a washing machine? Uh, it's almost exactly like a washing machine. And the whole idea is, in our paper, you know, the paper's already short fiber. It's been recycled many times. You don't want to break the fiber down. You just want to wet it and have it naturally degrade and keep the contaminants, the plastic bags and the bowling balls and the basketballs and the shoes, whatever else you're having to pick up, you want to keep them whole. The bigger you take them, the easier it is to remove them. 
so it's in a way a very delicate process of making sure you don't go too far. You have to treat the fiber very gently. Everything else is rough and tough and tumble heavy industry, but you want to take care of the fiber. Okay, so what happens after the, the pulper? Where does all the pulp go? Uh, it goes into our dump test, which is a quarter million gallon tank right through this door and we'll take you through it. A quarter million gallons? Yep. Ever seen one? Uh, no. Well, you're fixing to. As Jay leads the way, he gives me a pretty big reality check about paper recycling in New York. Before this mill was built, a lot of this paper was going into the Fresh Kills landfill. I mean, New York didn't have a really good outlet for a large portion of its waste paper. And the mill's first paper production was in 1997. That means just 11 years ago, most of New York City's recyclable paper was being thrown into landfills. And as a general rule, all paper can be recycled. If you have the desire and the willpower to do it, you know, you can make it happen. Hear that, New Yorkers? All paper is recyclable. Your old mail, your magazines, your takeout menus, your receipts, your business cards, your old novels, all of it. And once it's been properly pulped, it goes... All right. To the dump chest. To the dump chest. Ooh! This is clean pulp. So we're looking at the quarter million tank, 250,000 gallons of pulp. We call it pulp or you can call it stock. So it's come out of the pulper. All the plastic's been removed, the bowling balls, etc. All the big contaminants that accidentally get recycled throughout the city are out. What you all have in here is just pulp and you have the small bits of plastic, the polystyrene, some staples, a little bit of glass. And all that's going to be removed later in the process. So at the end of the recycling process, you have nothing but clean fiber left. So we're literally looking at a gigantic tank full of oatmeal looking sludge, which is just pouring out of these massive tubes. Yep. All right. good, good clean pulp. But it's not good quite clean, clean enough clean to be made into paper yet. Jay tells me to put in my earplugs as we head away from the vat of pulp and into the huge building behind us. Okay. So we just put our earplugs in. And it's like I'm not kidding. It's really hot. I instantly break out into a sweat. It's 105 oh with humidity. God. Where are we? We're in the recycle plant, so we're taking the, the pulp from the dump chest, and this is all part of the cleanings. What we see in front of us are long cylindrical cones where the fiber water spinning around. This is where we're taking out the fine, fine bits of sand and grit that you don't want in the paper. Nope, it's, it's all spinning. It's all using centrifugal force, specific gravity. It's separating based on density and particle size. So fiber's got a specific gravity of roughly 1.05. Grit will be 1.2. So all your heavyweights go to the outside. They'll go down the cone. And they get rejected. Fiber turns around and it goes out the top. Wow. And uh, why is it so hot in here? Just uh, because we use a lot of steam to dry the paper and to form the paper. Our natural circulating water temperature is about 115. Yeah, it feels like that in here. Oh, this is cool. We'll go to the spot later for 300. All right, so at this point, we've cleaned all the pulp up. We've got only clean, wet pulp. All the other stuff is out of it. Now you have to reform it back into paper. Paper making is a three-stage continuous process. You form the sheet, Press the sheet and then you dry the paper. Roll it back up and you're done. 
The simple three-step process requires a machine a little shorter than a city block that's churning and rumbling and steaming, all at over 100 decibels. This machine produces paper at 3,000 feet per minute, or at 40 miles an hour. First, the pulp is diluted to a 98% water and 2% pulp solution, and it's spread onto a quickly moving nylon screen. The higher the pulp concentration and the slower the screen is moving, the thicker the paper will be, and vice versa. Next, gravity and vacuum boxes help to draw about 20% of the water out of the mixture, leaving a wet sheet of paper on the nylon belt. This wet sheet is then sent through two rollers which make up the press section of the machine, and they wring about an extra 25% of the water from the paper sheet. Finally, the paper is passed through the three 175-degree Fahrenheit dryers, and most of the remaining water is evaporated from the rolls of paper. All paper has an 8 to 9% water content, which keeps it flexible. When the paper is dry, it's wound onto giant spools. The next step of our process is the winder. So we take 25-ton rolls, we'll cut them down in the rolls that weigh 3 or 4 tons, and then those will be shipped out to the customer or we'll send them to our corrugator box plant next door, the milligator, and turn those into our own boxes. Cool. So you have, do you, do you always have new clients, or do you have, like, main people you always ship to? Uh, it's, a, it's a whole bunch of clients. We sell a lot to ourselves. The company owns 30 box plants around the country, corrugator operations. So three-quarters, half the three-quarters of our paper is sold internally. So Rest it's actually sold, or is it? Yes, yes. Each division operates independent of each other, so there's always a buy-sell transaction going on wow. between divisions. Competition. Makes each, exactly. Makes each division, division responsible for its results. I never knew recycling was so competitive. Oh, it's competitive within the company. You got to see what we do to competitors. To me, this paper looks finished. But Jay informs me it's not done yet. Thankfully, he takes me out of the paper-making inferno and into an air-conditioned room full of quality control machines. There I meet Jim Lesko, the test lab operator. All the paper we make gets tested. There's specifications that need to be met on the grade that we make, such as now we're making medium. It's inside of the box. The mill can make different grades of paper depending on their clients' corrugated box-making specifications. Medium-grade paper is used for the inside of the box, while a stronger, thicker grade is used for the outside of boxes, which require extra durability. From each roll of paper that comes off the press, Jim takes a two-foot sample. You get that two-foot piece of paper, and what are the tests that you run on it? Numerous of tests. Uh, Ring crush. Well, we have color, Color. basis weight, and Vico. Vico is for when we do liner, liner board. That's the smoothness of the sheet. It's for printability purposes. Concora. What's Concora? It's the rippling? Yes. Can it ripple? That's corrugated, yes. So Jim runs a lot of quality control tests. And if he spots something wrong with the roll, say it's too thin or too thick, the paper is sent to a client looking for different specifications, or it's sold internally within the prep plants. At the end of July, the mill opened a new sorting facility and its own corrugator, so box making can now be done on site. This saves some major miles when it comes to transporting paper to other corrugation plants. Jay estimates that now most of the pizza boxes in New York City come from the Staten Island plant, 
And for a city that eats as much pizza as we do, that's a lot of recycled cardboard. Before I left, I asked Jay if there was something people could do that would make his job any easier. Separate your drinking bottle water bottles from the paper stream. That would be a tremendous help for us. You know what? I think I can handle that. For Science in the City, I'm Alana Rangi. listening. Do you love Science in the City podcast? Support them by becoming a member of the New York Academy of Sciences. Visit scienceandthecity.org and click join NIAS. Did you know you can subscribe to Science in the City podcast on iTunes and get our latest story downloaded every week automatically to your iTunes library? Search Science and the City in your iTunes search bar. Have questions or comments about the show? We'd love your feedback. Send us an email at scienceinthecity at nyas.org or leave a voicemail at 212-298-8654. Want to know more about Science in New York? Visit scienceandthecity.org or check us out on Facebook. See you next week.